This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. So have you ever written a blog post or a social media post and then thought, oh my gosh, what if somebody complains? What if I get in trouble? What if somebody even thinks about suing me? Well, in this episode, I'm talking to Catherine France, who is an insurance expert, and she is talking about how to make sure that you're protected for what you put into the public domain. So as you'll know, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, I've worked as a journalist for many years. So I um, have an understanding of the law, I've been trained in the law, um, and I know what you can and can't put into the public domain. Um, But with many of you having blogs for your business and obviously posting content on social media, knowing where you stand and whether your content could be actioned upon um, is really, really important. So in this episode, we talk about the kind of things you need to consider before you put content out there. And that's whether it's social media, whether it's content on your website or anything like that. Now, it's not to scare you or to put the fear of God into you. Um, The main thing is for you to listen to this and feel reassured that you have got the steps in place to make sure that you aren't going to get into any trouble and that you're being mindful when you're putting content out there that you are not going to publish anything that could cause any problem for you. And also, just generally speaking, that you are covered properly for your insurance. So, we're talking all about blogging, all about insurance when it comes to our blogs. And I think you'll get loads of really helpful advice from there. So, now on to the main part of the show with Catherine. So hi, Catherine. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Rachel. I'm delighted to be here. Okay, so can we start, first of all, by um, would you be able to tell me a little bit about your background? Mm, Yeah, no problem. So I've been working in um, insurance for 20 years or so, commercial insurance predominantly. Um, But um, two or three years back, I I discovered a passion for for helping small business owners. really trying to demystify insurance and explain it in plain English. So um, I help um, small business owners understand the insurance they need and why they need it. Yeah. Okay. Um, And we're on, so we're talking today about blogging. And the reason why I had the Mm. idea to do this podcast is because um, I was looking, I was on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and I saw your post about, do you need insurance as a blogger? And I was like, Mm. oh my gosh, I always encourage people to have a blog. Um, because I think it's a really great way to get people to find out about you and kind of, you know, share like a lot of so a lot of people listening are like dog walkers, trainers, groomers, or they're pet professionals, they're behaviorists, they do all kinds of different things. And I encourage them to have blogs because it's a great way for people to kind of get a feel of you and what you do. Um, and I've obviously got insurance because I'm a journalist, so I've got insurance for that. So that just naturally goes over to my blog. But it did get me thinking a lot of people might not think about having insurance for a blog. So can you kind of talk a little bit about about how the how insurance works and why small businesses, if they have a blog, would need insurance in the first place? Mm, yeah, of course I can. So I think um, it, it, it's not necessarily the most exciting thing on on your to do list it, it, buying insurance, but it's it's certainly worth thinking about. And that's not to try and sort of terrify anybody, but it's really thinking about um, some of those risks that you, you know, you face as as a business owner, but also, you know, as a blogger in particular. Um, And you work so hard on kind of building up that business. You know, if somebody was to, you know, if you were to make a genuine mistake and someone was to sue you and you're not insured, you know, could your cash flow cope with that 
that kind of pressure on it and you know most of us would probably say no it can't mm-hmm. um and the particular focus around around blogging i suppose is and this kind of crosses over from insurance into to a lot of kind of legal um territory um is that you're responsible for what you publish so whether that's your own content or somebody else's the minute you hit publish and your contents on the internet um you know then that becomes subject to uk law um and that can mean that you know you could uh, potentially be infringing copyright um intellectual you know intellectual property you could be accused of um libel or defamation so there's some fairly serious kind of accusation you know potentially things that could go wrong um when you're you know innocently blogging and you know pushing your content out onto the internet um and that would also you know apply to things like social media posts tweets um you know anything that you put out there on a, on a social media platform so okay. um so like i said i think it's just being aware of of the potential risks that that kind of surround that okay so that's the thing isn't it now because we are all publishers aren't we and I've as you know we've known mean you have known each other for a couple of years now and you know my background's journalism so whenever I've been publishing like from when I started in the 90s I always had an editor who would check everything and then it went you know I'd write my story it would go to the sub-editor they'd check everything then it goes to another editor they would Mm. edit the page it'd have loads of different eyes on it so I had loads of people checking it um and obviously I had legal training as well when I was trained to be a journalist, but now everyone's a publisher, aren't they? So, and I think, mm-hmm. I do think that people do not realise actually that what they put in the public domain, people can come after them um, about it. And, you know, I've, I'm going to talk about this later. We talked about it ahead of the call, but there are cases where people have had to hand over substantial amounts in damages because of something they've put on social media and people need to be really careful, don't they? Um so can you tell us about, so I know you touched on them before, but can you tell us about the, the, the kind of problems a blogger could find themselves in hot water about um, when mm. it comes to p- publishing online and on social media? Yeah, d- yeah, certainly. So, the, I mean, there's, there's really kind of three key key areas. So um, one of them is, is defamation. So saying something which could damage another person's image or, or reputation um, which could potentially open you up to legal action from from them. So if you you know if you were to criticise another dog trainer um, mm-hmm. method, possibly you know and they they lose business as a result of those comments that you've made, um, you know you potentially at risk. You've uh, you, you probably annoyed them and um, and they might make a claim against you. Yeah. Um, also, um, infringement of intellectual property. Now this is one where. Um, you could do this really easily accidentally i think um is if you include um information that you um don't have permission to use yeah. now copyright law um is extremely complicated and i wouldn't even dare to to, to kind of try and uh, explain that in any huge amount of detail but it's easy for bloggers to make a genuine mistake particularly when they're using things like free images and things like mm-hmm. that in their work that they might not have permission to use yeah. um so that that could be a potential um, problem for them, um, and also um, confidential information. So you could, um, if you were in a position where perhaps you're not the 
the only person within the business. You could release information that wasn't ready to be published into the public domain. It could be a new product or, um, you know, company results or, you know, something like that without actually kind of squaring it with anybody else. Um, And that could be intentional or um, accidental. So they're kind of um, kind of the main um, the main three really where you could potentially um, you know end up having a, a claim made against you. No, it's really, um, I mean, it's taken me back like 20 years now when I was back at um, Journalism Training College and we did defamation and, you know, they when, you, when you're training, they kind of scared the bejesus out of you. Um, and it, this was before social media and really before the internet when mm-hmm. I first started in journalism because um, you did always have that safety net where you had lots of people checking your work. Whereas now I see people go online every day ranting and raving about people um, and laying into people who they disagree with. And actually... If push came to shove um, and you've defamed that person, mm. the Defamation Act works in the same way on social media posts as it does if you're on the front page of the Telegraph. Um, yeah. So people do need to, you know, you do need to think, don't you, before you, yeah, before you kind of mouth off on, on the internet. Um, yeah, and rather uniquely, actually, to English law as well, it's the burden of proof lies with the defendant. Yeah. So it's up to you to kind of say, no, I didn't do that or I did it by mistake than traditionally in UK law where it's it's the opposite um so yeah it's it's it can be absolutely be a legal minefield so there's definitely some things that you really need to think about before you you hit that button and and publish into the into the world yeah I did um I know we mentioned this just ahead of the call but I did a story about probably about five years ago now with the lady who um, ran a beauty pageant and she had a case against another lady in her space basically who made remarks on social media and this was all on Facebook and she you know her her claim was upheld and she won a massive very very substantial amount of damages Mm -hmm. um from from a Facebook post and and you know so People do need to be careful, don't they? Um, oh, yeah. So tell, so tell me what bloggers. We talked about what bloggers need to think. Of, like, if you were, you know, if you were talking to somebody um, with your insurance hat on, because I know you do blogging for businesses as well, don't you? Mm, um, I do. <laughs> when you were, if so, if you were talking to a blogger about what to consider before hitting publish, would you like? Can do you have like a kind of I don't know, maybe like a five point checklist or something like that to, you know, where that you'd urge people to kind of consider before they mm-hmm. before they hit publish on that post yeah 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 absolutely I think I think really there's probably three key things Mm -hmm. um and this is one that you I mean the first one you probably hear quite a lot is is just don't publish anything that you wouldn't want to see on the front of a national newspaper yeah it's that kind of it's like that or you know something if you don't want it read out in court (laughs) don't don't publish it I think is probably is rule one um Second thing is to check your facts. So include sources. Don't assume that other people's statements are um, are true. Really, you know, even if you take something from somebody else, it it may not um, may not contain the the, the facts. Um, things like sharing a tweet can get you in hot water. I think if you remember the speaker's uh, wife, John Burko's wife, got in trouble yeah. for resharing a tweet um some year you know a couple of years ago and the third thing is um which you touched upon I think um is never post in anger yeah just because something is true um you know 
don't publish it if you you know if you know it's going to upset somebody I suppose um and that you know I think that that's a great rule is you know if you do you might type it and walk away and come back to it and think yeah actually that you know I would just say yeah they're they're kind of the three key things I would say to anyone before they they consider publish anything into onto the internet definitely and I think that's that's so that's blogging on social media as well I would say isn't Mm, it absolutely yeah yeah because they can be just as you know people can be just as upset by something that's on a a Facebook post as they can in in a blog post so definitely so in fact more so because oh gosh the thing with facebook is it, it gets shared it's a lot easier to um share and for people to react on facebook than it is facebook posts can spread far quicker can't they than a blog mm-hmm. post absolutely yeah yeah definitely. i know we're kind of going into the legal side a little bit but i think it's i think it's helpful for people to hear but um Sally you just um sorry I've just just called you Sally because I was thinking about Sally Burko Catherine's just talked about um about the speaker's life and she shared I think it was something about an injunction or something wasn't it so um there, there was a tweet was, about, yeah she tweeted in 2012 it was why is Lord McAlpine trending and then the yeah. innocent emoji face mm. um and they they decided it was libelous because um while she might see the tweet as just a question yeah it was actually the addition of the emoji that made it ironic and therefore they deemed it to be defamatory so yeah, yeah she got in hot water for that definitely, definitely. Um, there was another tweet um by you was it the chairman of UKIP or something somebody like that um I'll probably get in trouble for naming the wrong person um and they got fined about forty thousand pounds so Wow, yes, it's quite a lot of money. But I think what I would say to your listeners, though, is before they all kind of, you know, stop publishing anything, is that a lot of the def, you know, a lot of these cases that you hear involve high-profile public figures or celebrities. So, like we, the Johnny Depp one recently yeah. against the Sun newspaper. You know, Elton John has, you know, taken newspapers to task for decades. Um, and that is because of the, you know, how serious the impact on their reputation is. Mm-hmm. Now, I think a lot of people like us in, you know, in small business, if we said something or somebody got upset, I'd like to think that we would, you know, take it down, issue an apology, correct yeah. it, adjust, you know, have a conversation with that person and apologise. I'd like to think it's not going to get to front of a national newspaper yeah. so um, you'd hope not wouldn't you <laughs> yeah you, you would yeah I mean let's not you know try and <laughs> do anything too serious in our you know because and I think that's just kind of important to remember that um there are different scales to the kind of seriousness of these things aren't there yeah definitely um so when it comes to publishing because I know when we talked um when we talked at the beginning actually um and I was talking about having the insurance as a journalist and that automatic, well, I remember speaking to my insurance people and just saying, oh, I'm launching a blog. Do I need to add anything? And I think they kind of tweaked my policy a little bit, but because I was already putting stuff out there, it, it didn't really kind of make any difference. Um, but when it comes to, um, when it comes to like a dog trainer or a, let's say like a lot of my, a lot of my listeners and clients are, they make products as well. Um, so mm. if you were like, let's say if you were a dog trainer um and you're getting your policy what kind of what kind of things do you need to make sure are included in the policy 
So I think in terms of the the insurance cover that you need that would provide you with the protection for all the things that we've talked about, so defamation, it, copyright infringement, um, libel, sla- you know, all those types of things that we've talked about um, would come under your professional indemnity insurance policy. Yeah. So that's the type of cover that um, would provide you um, with the protection if you were to make a mistake in the line of your work. So um, those mistakes would have to result in somebody losing out financially. So public liability insurance is damage or um, loss that you cause to a third party. So if I spilt coffee over your laptop, you'd make a claim on my policy, we'd replace your laptop. Um, But professional indemnity covers that financial loss um, that could be made as a a result of a mistake that you make. Um, So that's where you'd be looking for for the type of cover that would um, extend uh, to to the things that you publish and and any accusations of fault that you might get as a result of that. Um, And it's, it's interesting because you can now go online and buy... Um, bloggers insurance media liability you know all the lots of different names for effectively yeah. what is the same thing so if you've already got a professional indemnity insurance policy I mean it's not you know probably not top of your list but have a quick flick through it because part mm-hmm. of that cover that they're providing you with should be for the, the the things that we've set out in the call as well so so that that's the, the primary place you'd be looking for that type of protection okay um, and uh, yeah that, that's the best place to find it okay so if you're when you're kind of renewing your policy god I sound really old don't I but like you know I still have phone <laughs> calls with my insurance people so and when you're on that call you can I guess you can ask for that reassurance that your blogs and also I guess your online online resources so video like dog training videos and um, podcasts yeah. or anything else that you might be putting out there um, that you're covered um, that you're covered for that yeah, and I, I would I think that's a great approach as well is actually talking to them because yeah. it's easy to go online and get insurance now, but you know, when we do that, we have to fit into a box. So we have to say we're a consultant or we're a trainer or we're this, that, and the other. But actually a lot of us have lots of different activities within our business yeah. that all come together to obviously generate that income that um you know keeps us paying the bills. So having a conversation with a, with your um, insurer or your broker allows you to really explain to them and make sure they understand exactly all those different elements of your business. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess, the same for the product makers as well, because, I, I, again, like you work in insurance and I've, I've never had a product mm-hmm. business. It'd be really interesting to know... Um, because my product makers um, who, you know, who make collars or who make um, like crate covers or dog walking bags, that kind of thing, they blog as well. So again, would it, would they typically have, would, I mean, would, what kind of policies would they usually have? And would do you think it is something that, that would normally be covered or something that they'd need to flag up? Um, it's probably worth flagging it up. Um, I'm, good, I'm thinking that they're, they probably got, or they're thinking about, their public liability insurance which usually automatically includes products liability so in a similar way if you're selling a product it doesn't matter whether you've made that product yourself or not somebody could you know if that causes a fault or it doesn't do what it's supposed to do somebody could make a claim against you 
Um, so I would check on those policies to see whether there's anything um, that includes cover for um, you know, libel, slander, defamation, copyright. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be the case, but ordinarily it would it it would fit professional indemnity policy. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that that's kind of where I'd be perhaps looking for it if I was a, a product based business. Okay. Definitely. Okay, and then um, when so when it comes to the, you know the policy um, that where you've got your professional indemnity insurance and you've got that protection over the content that you create, what what does that kind of mean in layman's terms? Um, if somebody like let's say if I do a let's say if I'm a dog trainer and I do a blog post about how how you know I'm not a, I could never be a dog trainer, but um, just for the sake of this example, if I do a, a, a blog post and tell a dog tell a dog tell a dog owner a certain way of doing recall and then something happens from the advice that they take from me and something happens to their dog um what would the kind of process be if you've got that if you've got that indem- if you've got that cover uh well i suppose i mean the, the obviously they'd approach you to say that i've tried this and it's not worked yeah um i think there's i think if that if it was to become a claim i suppose then you'd have to notify your insurer yeah so they will give you a, a helpline number to ring up and say look somebody's made a complaint um against against me mm-hmm. um you know can you help me what do i need to do next i think that's if you've got insurance the best thing to do first is to ring them for the advice yeah rather than I think most of us would sort of panic and think how can i fix this yeah whereas actually the best thing to do is to put that into the experts hands and let them tell you what to do next and they would guide you through that step by step um because when these things get in you know if they're accusing you of doing something illegal then the best thing to do is put that obviously into the hands of the the solicitors and and mm-hmm. the the legal advice people but i'd like to think and i do this on my website um is that there's probably some steps that you could put in place before that to kind of stop it becoming a claim yeah so you know on your um website you'd have terms of use of your website um, and also things like a disclaimer on your blog posts that say this, you know, this is actually doesn't constitute advice. It's yeah. information. If you need anything, you know, in more detail, then either contact me or you contact an expert or, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I but there is always the chance that somebody will read it. Take that as, you know. Uh, take that uh, you know away and do something that could result in a claim but mm-hmm. I suppose it's it, and this is probably where you need somebody from a legal perspective it's where where does that line come I suppose isn't it if that yeah. makes sense um, yeah but we'd like to think that we'd got kind of processes in place that would make that clear to the reader that this is kind of something you could try but mm-hmm. you know it might not work does that make sense yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay, so so when it comes to writing, if you, um, I think what you just said there about having some kind of disclaimer on your on your website, even though you know, even even if you are obviously a dog trainer and you might be very very qualified and all of those things, having a disclaimer mm-hmm. on the content that you're putting out into the public domain is because something that you might read on a blog is completely different to something that you might, you know, if I read how to train a terrier on a blog, that trainer might do 
that trainer might do something completely different in real life if they came to help me. So what I get from a blog and what I get from real life is completely different, isn't it? It's like, I guess it's like if you're a doctor and you die, um, you know, people can diagnose themselves on, on the internet, but the advice you'd give face to face would be different, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess it's knowing. I think when I, um, Joe, what happened after I saw your, your social media post, I went in my Facebook group and said, oh, I'm thinking of doing this podcast with an insurance expert about blogging insurance what do you think and people are like oh my gosh I never thought about about this and I don't know if I'm covered um so I think I think the, the key takeaway from people listening is to actually just go and check that you are um and mm. then maybe put a couple of little processes in place um to so you feel more reassured as well um yeah and I know lots absolutely. of people listening will do that already um but certainly if 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 not then it's something to something you can very quickly go away and do isn't mm. it so yeah. I know that you've got loads of helpful stuff on your website because I went and had a little look after I saw your social media post. But can you tell us about the kind of things people can people can read about on your website when it comes to insurance when if they want to go and have a have a look round? Yeah, absolutely. So I've um, there's a, a lot of blog content on there um, from all sorts of topics really. So it's um, there's quite a lot on there about different types of liability insurance, um, also a lot about cyber insurance. So okay. if you've got a mailing list or a website or you sell online, um, cyber insurance is definitely something you should think about. So there's there's heaps of stuff on there that you can you can read and find out a bit more about that. Um, so, yeah, it's just trying to really kind of dis- demystify some of these types of insurance and kind of set it out in sort of plain terms, why you might need it, how you might go about getting it, what it might cost. Um, there's also blog posts on there about how to find an insurance broker. And um, I think one of the important things that I've been talking to quite a lot of small business owners about recently is um, is whether or not you're getting advice when you buy your insurance. So, yeah. Without turning this into another episode, it's, you know, a lot of us will go, you know, want to buy something, we go online and we can buy it and that's great, you know, pay over our money. Yeah. Um, but because you're buying it online, you it's up to the you, the person buying it, to understand what the cover is, you know, does it meet your needs? Is it going to pay a claim when, you know, if the worst happens? Yeah. Um, and that's all up to you, uh, an individual who's, you know, perhaps not an insurance expert, perhaps doesn't want to read the policy wording or does and doesn't really understand it. Whereas if you use an insurance broker, um, they should be giving you, you know, that's an advised sale. It's up to them to identify, you know, all the risks you face in your business and how to to get the right insurance cover that will make sure you've got the right protection. So there's some there's some content around that on there as well, because I think that I think that's an important um, difference between the, the how you buy it. And mm-hmm. I'd also say that just because you're buying it through a broker doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be more expensive than than what you can find on the Internet either. So, so that might be a, a, a good one for, for people to have a look at as well. But, Definitely. Uh, but yeah, you can do that. And then if you wanted a little bit more help, um, you can jump on a call with me and I do a one to one, a half an hour one to one service as well, okay. uh, which you can book on. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to do something special for your for your listeners. OK, no, that's fantastic. I was just thinking, actually, when you were talking then, um, I wanted to, I, I meant to ask you this before and, and got and forgot. Um, <laughs> but. 
because of the I know you've you've we've known each other for a couple of years now and we've obviously been in touch like during the at the beginning of the pandemic back in March and and I know you've had time out having a baby and everything but um I know obviously you support a lot of small businesses and a lot of people have taken their businesses online haven't they and I'm still actually seeing posts now in Facebook groups where people are asking about insurance and whether it will cover them for online courses and that kind of thing um what kind of changes have you seen um in insurance when it comes to you know taking Oh, well, I know you deal with all kinds of businesses, but taking service providers from being face to face to online, um, mm, what kind of yeah. challenges, I guess, have you have you seen? Um, all sorts, really, and it's quite interesting because obviously, you know, there's some businesses have been successful through um, the pandemic and some haven't. But from the kind of insurance press, it seems that inquiries to buy insurance have gone up. I mean, particularly around things like cyber insurance, um, but also people obviously shifting from working in offices to working at home. Um, so one of the, the key things to do if you are now working from home and you weren't previously is to make sure your home insurer knows. Yeah. Um, they would consider that what they call a material fact. So they would certainly want to know about that. Probably won't affect your policy in terms of cover or price or anything like that, but they certainly want to know about it. Um, but also people move, you know, working in converting sheds and green, you know, like uh, creating garden offices and, and yeah. things like that. That's that's certainly changed as well. Um, but, yeah, I think people have become, I don't know, maybe they've come, become more slightly kind of aware of what some of those potential risks are. Mm-hmm. OK. So, yeah, definitely. OK, fantastic. Well, um, I know you mentioned before that you were you were going to offer something um, something special for people who are listening um, on your usual kind of half hour one to one price. So can you just tell us a little bit about what that is? And I will link to it in the show notes as well. Yeah, of course. So um, so as I touched upon before, if you want something, you want to talk to a human about your insurance. Now, I don't arrange it or place it, but um, I can certainly um, walk you through, you know, what you do. Um, we can talk about some of the risks you might face and and kind of create a, a plan of the types of insurance that you you might want to consider so that half an hour call um is on zoom and um i will give you a written summary of the conversation and you can have a, a recording as well so hopefully by the end of that you feel much more confident about what kind of insurance you need and you can go forward and, and talk to an insurer or broker and make sure that you get the right cover in place so that that calls normally 39 pounds so for your listeners um Rachel I'd like to offer that to them um at 35 pounds and we'll get you the link and and uh, and people can can use that link to to book a call um directly brilliant okay but yeah I do think with these things if you are concerned having a bit of hand holding and reassurance is is um is what what we need isn't it I'm now I've got because I'm moving house soon I've got my my brain's wearing now about oh my gosh is my she shed going to be covered <laughs> so I need to get on that when I when I move house very excited about the she sheds and having a home garden office um, so would I be definitely yeah I know well I hadn't even thought of that until you said and I probably wouldn't have done and I could have anything could have happened in the she shed and Oh, yeah. so you've 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 um that's one more thing for me to get sorted when I move Sorry. so thank you oh no it's okay I, to do to-do it. List. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will but Catherine it's been brilliant chatting to you um where is can you tell us what your website is I will link to it in the show notes but if you can let me know your website link and your social media handles as well yeah. that'd be great of course I can yeah so the website is www.catherinefrance.com mm-hmm. um and you, my 
predominantly I'm on Instagram because I like pictures. Um, so I'm Catherine France UK on Instagram. Fabulous. Okay, then. Right, well, I will link to all of that in the um, show notes that go with this episode. So if, if you're listening on my Brilliant. website, it'll be at the end of the post. And if you are on an app, then just swipe up and you'll get all the details and all the links for Catherine and her offer as well. Oh, so thank you so much for joining me, Catherine. It's been really fab catching up. And I feel, um, re- I, th- I think what you said will give a lot of reassurance um, to people listening as well. So it's been really good catching up with you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you. It's been great. Okay. See you later. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.